smiling at me. Carl? But not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen. It's like the creepy dolls when they smile at you. Or clowns that hide in sewer drains. Yeah, that's not funny. That's the point. It's creepy. That's not funny. Anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, where age is nothing but a number in life and in fandoms. I'm Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I'm Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at foreverfanpod. Same handle, three socials. We are your hosts, and we're glad you can join us. And today we're going to be jumping right into the spooky season and covering Smile, the little horror film that could, uh, that was promoted as a, at a televised Mets game with an actress in a neon green shirt that just said smile and all she was doing was smiling and would randomly stand up and was right behind home plate. Yeah, so, it, totally unsettling. Very creepy. I couldn't look at her after a while. But anyway, as always, spoilers are ahead. So if you haven't seen Smile, please pause us, watch the film, and then come back to listen to our discussion. You know I choose this music for, like, oh my goodness, creepy okay. stuff. Well, um, I don't know if Halloween's really creepy. Well, it, it, you know, it I mean, can be demons and souls. Yeah, but and it, all, it can also be fun. We picked out our costumes. Yeah, but it's horror movie season Mm, well i was thinking more about whether or not our listeners dress up for halloween i was thinking about the fun stuff but it's horror movie season you know oh wait i can play horror video games instead like dead space silent hill resident evil no we can turn the lights off no. and then I can play and with the surround no, sound? No, no, no. Because we have to get to our review of the film Smile. So no video games for you. You're mean. No. Anyway. Why don't you read the summary from IMDb? In the most odd voice possible. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Carter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. I had in my head Elmo with a big <laughs> smile <laughs> saying exactly that. And I'm like, oh my God. That is exactly why I did it. Oh, you're terrible. Anyway. I'm so sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> not at all. But anyway, so a bit more background. Rose has been carrying the guilt of witnessing her mother's suicide because she felt like she let her mom die. But Rose also wanted to get herself free from her mom because I guess her mom was abusing her. So, you know, Rose grows up to be a therapist working at a mental health facility. And one day, an admitted patient who was a PhD student claims to see things that no one else can see. And this thing or evil spirit in quotes is trying to kill her. The student eventually commits suicide in front of Rose which then transfers this evil spirit to her. Rose's former boyfriend, Joel, is a cop who helps Rose uncover the clues that finally explain that this evil spirit lives on by driving people it possesses to commit suicide. 19 of the last 20 known victims have died. Well, you also have to remember they they have to commit suicide in front of someone else. That's what I said, in front of a witness. I didn't hear that part. Apologies. <laughs> you were also, you were still thinking about Elmo. 
It is a creepy Elmo. I mean, uh, Elmo smile with like, a, it's like a bad Chucky. But anyway, so the lone survivor of this thing murdered someone in front of a witness to transfer the evil spirit to that other person. And Rose tries to overcome her trauma, thinking that that would ward off the demon. But tragically, she succumbs to the demon and commits suicide in front of Joel by setting herself on fire. Okay, so before we continue, I'm just going to say that there's something you said in there. Just a heads up. Okay, we put a pin in it. So before we talk about the good, the bad, and the cute, there's actually a fun fact that I they found online. The director, Parker Finn did a short film called Laura Hasn't Slept. And Paramount actually approached Parker to make the feature-length film, which is now, as we know, it's Smile. The actor, Caitlin Stacy, um, plays Laura in Smile. And she's the same one who plays the titular character in the short film. So there's some continuity there. I had no idea. That's awesome. That was pretty cool. Yes. Um, I do know also as a, a tidbit that this um, was supposed to go to Paramount Plus as an exclusive or, or, or something like that. Mm, um, I don't, I I don't remember where I read it. And uh, if I can find it, I will put it in the show notes. But that it tested so well with audiences that they then sent it to theaters and did this huge promotional thing with mm-hmm. people wearing T-shirts and just the word smile and smiling creepily Ugh. exactly where cameras are going to shoot, like at a baseball game behind home plate. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're going to go right into like themes a little bit and, and good. And I think the big thing we've got to touch on is the discussion of trauma. Mm. And I'm going to try to parse these. So okay. for, forgive me. But in, in a sense, it really shows what trauma can do to a human being. Like um, it isolates you. Mm-hmm. So Rose now sees this demon. It's been passed to her, but no one else can see it. No one else can feel what Rose is feeling, that terror. If they try to reach out to someone to explain it, others might think that Rose is crazy. And we see that, mm-hmm. including the the demon when it takes over you and controls you. You sort of have these blackout episodes and don't realize what you're doing. In this case, Rose kills the cat. <coughs> yeah, I have an issue. Um, <clears throat> so then has the birthday party and thinks it's going to be this huge train thing that she went out of her way to get. And it's the dead cat that she gives to the child to her nephew yeah Yeah. so there's this whole thing and people then start to see your actions as crazy and eventually it might alienate everyone around you because they can no longer handle it right so they feel that they can't help you and the best thing for their mental health is to stay away from you yeah and so then the effect of that is that you now as the person experiencing this trauma you're devoured by it because that's all that you can think about Right, yes, and because it's what, controlling everything about your life. And her, you're so alone that all you can do is obsess about it. Right. And so that's that's what happened with Rose. She's trying to figure out why this is, why it's happening to her, and trying to prove that she's not crazy. And the fact that she's in you know, a profession that helps mental patients, she's in the situation where she knows she's not crazy, and she's trying to prove that, and there's just no outlet for her to do that. Yeah, and the fact that it this evil is transfers from one to another based on trauma and fear, it, it feeds... So mm-hmm. it consider it like um, a seed. And the more you water it and the more you feed it and the more you ignore it, the more it grows wild like a weed. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, trauma never goes away. Let's let's not... Yes, time might numb it a little bit, but it's always there. It's always there. It's, it's going to be part of the fabric of who you are. Mm-hmm. The thing with trauma, and, and Rose, uh, her therapist even says it, if you don't process it and face it, 
it starts to grow and it becomes wild and then it filters and has like again like a weed it can expand into every aspect of your life and in that sense not only does it isolate you not only does it devour you but it actually holds power over you again in rose's case in a psychology field she is helping everyone else deal with their trauma and in a sense that allows her to ignore what's going on in her world well maybe that's how she feels like she's dealing with her trauma because it's too difficult for her to deal with. So it's easier to deal with other people's trauma because you're not involved with it. Yeah, but in the sense, she's put it in the trunk and she's hid it in the back of her mind. Her sister even says, you know, what are we doing with mom's old house? Yeah. You know, they've never sold the land, you know, Mm -hmm. and Rose is like, forget it, ignore the damn, and uses various expletives about the house because she can't part with it yet because she hasn't truly faced what, and I think that's just about Rose. I mean, again, we're we're talking mm-hmm. about the film and how it handles trauma, but she hasn't parted with the past because she hasn't faced the past to not see what the house is. Right. And, you know, she every day puts on this fake smile, right? Mm-hmm. To, to say that everything is okay. I'm okay. Nothing to see here. And it's interesting to me in regarding smiling, because if you think about it, when you walk down the street, you give someone a friendly smile. You open up the door and you smile at them when they go through. You don't think it's a very innocuous thing. It's a polite thing. Mm. However, it is also almost like an evil thing too. You know, uh, it's when insidious. we it can be, especially when it's used in a derogatory manner. Like when Captain Marvel came out and there were comments that Brie Larson should smile more in the posters. You know, she should smile more to be more beautiful and effeminate. She's Captain Marvel. Exactly. And in response, there were all these posters of Iron Man smiling, Captain America smiling. Instead of having all these serious looks on their posters, they all changed. And it it proved a point. You know, Mm -hmm. why are we making women hide behind a smile? You know, I'm not trying to alienate anybody, but as a woman, in my experience, Mm -hmm. I have always felt that I was not allowed to show when I'm upset or whatnot. Um, you always had to smile. And I know, I know that um, <clears throat> my face is uh, RBF, as I've been told. Uh, I don't mean to, but that's why a lot of you people... You just have a very serious looking face when you want to have a serious expression. No, but it's just my that's natural it. expression. When I'm just walking down the street or whatever and I'm not smiling, I do have an RBF face. It's not intentional. It's just there. So I do get often, why aren't you smiling? What's going on? I could just be walking down the street trying to get from point A to point B and I will get that. When I went to school, you know, if you said anything that was negative or whatever was going on with you, you kind of got looked at funny. And that's, I think that's what's so important about this film is it basically tells you that everybody that puts a smile on, especially when you see the the smile at a distance and it's just random people anywhere and they're just smiling and she's just walking through and there's or looking out the window and there's someone well in the distance and they're standing there staring at her just smiling it basically reminds you that you you don't know what's behind anybody's smile serial killers smile too yeah so let's stop trying to force people to be inauthentic and and to those who are wondering what our bf is we will put that in our show notes. Okay. Page. RBF is resting <laughs> face. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you wanted to say it. So, and honestly, I don't believe I have it, but people have told me that like I've been on a subway train and I had sunglasses on and I was listening to music and I was coming back from class and it was very late. And it's the high cheekbone. It's someone That's told it. me that I had RBF and I was just like, 
okay. Like, you have no a very idea. serious faith. I look. It was. I was tired. Long classes. Anyway. Criminal justice classes, by the way. Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. The the point is. In in this case, it feels like the the smiles are in shadow. They're in distance. They're in different ways that you expect them. It subverts that happy, joyous thing and turns it into something subversive, insidious, and fearful Mm. because we no longer know what's behind that smile. And I guess in some way, that's the point. Behind every smile could be trauma. Behind every smile could be pain. We don't know. It's up to us as human beings in interaction to actually figure that out, to Mm -hmm. be compassionate to figure that out. Yeah. And the the biggest takeaway for me is that you know, it, trauma can be passed on, right? Yeah. Not just from the from the demon, right? I mean that's the demon aside. It's the fact that Rose's mom transferred her trauma to Rose. Rose transferred that trauma to Joel, right? They they still have unresolved issues there. And then at the birthday party like you were you were describing, Rose transferred trauma to her young nephew i mean to see a dead cat as a gift yeah and then you know seeing seeing her aunt or his aunt um she was in her car he was looking out the window and sees rose like just you know ranting raving and screaming Mm -hmm. right because she she was towards the end of her rope and you know seeing someone like that that's that's traumatic you know I also wonder, and this is just me going into my psychology classes, can we teach trauma as well? Because if you think about it, if if you go through something, mm-hmm. it changes how you behave for the rest of your life, whether you mean to or not. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that you don't do or you're much more cautious of. So I wonder if we also pass it on by teaching our nieces, nephews, children to be overly cautious about something or to be overly suspicious oh, about sure. something. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating, you know, and, and again, I could do podcast upon podcast about stuff like this. But it's a fascinating take because seeing somebody, and again, as a child, going to Jackson and to Rose as a child, not understanding the emotional fear transferring, seeing someone that you love that you enjoy spending time with that as an adult you're you're taught as a child to respect seeing them break down seeing them fall apart and if you remember that car scene she also initially sees the demon come out the door and then the head spins down upside down it was one of the creepiest of her, scenes yeah. of her sister yeah and she that's where she loses it she was crying and very upset with herself but that's when she snaps right and he had just seen her snap in the living room mhm you know, screaming, don't you see it, don't you see it. So he literally watched the complete devolving of Rose. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers to trauma in this film. Yeah, and the fact that it happened on his birthday. So a birthday is supposed to be, you know, a, um, it's it's a fun, happy milestone. And it will forever be marred. Yeah. So, so I'm also curious, though, and, and they don't answer it in the film, is there another demon that has now attached itself or splintered off from Rose into Jackson? Because you and I had spoken about that during the film. I was like, is, it, is there a little bit of it that's splintered off? Because that would be fascinating because it is, like we've said, fear and evil and trauma is almost insidious and it can spread. So I'm curious if they ever did want to do a sequel or something, if they would explore that tendril. See, I don't know though, because the premise of this film is that you need to see someone commit suicide. It would be interesting, though, because the cat was killed. 
So seeing the death for a child who's never experienced death might be the same. But you didn't see the cat being killed. That's the key. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that point. I'm, I'm saying, could it be that the demon isn't necessarily about killing the person, that the demon is about creating a trauma, and the best way and fastest way to create a trauma is to commit suicide or kill someone in front. Remember the guy said in prison, if you kill someone else, it's a big traumatic experience. So I'm wondering if it's just a huge traumatic experience. And really, let's be honest, if you watch someone murder someone else or someone commit suicide, that is extraordinarily traumatic. It is not something we can be easily desensitized mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So in this case, as a child who's never seen death, seeing the dead cat and holding it, yeah, I forgot that. Wouldn't that be enough to be a splinter? Yeah, maybe. So anyway, neither here nor there. Moving on. I hated the jump scares. I really did. I was gripping your hand like... Okay. Nope. There was a lot of them. I think there was nope. a little too many of them. Nope. Uh, I, you did. You kept saying, nope, nope. <laughs> this isn't funny. Um, but they were effective. They were. Uh, Certain ones were effective. You know, again, like the sister running out of the house and then her head spinning upside down. Um, The music is eerie, and I've mentioned that it's an unsettling score, and it really sets the tone. Mm -hmm. The music was enough for me. Some of the jump scares could go away. The scene where she's listening to the sound of the the, the session, and then she raises the volume all the way up. But then when it pans back or she turns her head, the demon is right there. That was very effective. You knew Mm. it was coming, though. Like, I can tell by the musical score when a jump scare was coming. Well, that's you. I, I, no. But I do think some of the, it it was an overwhelming amount of jump scares. I think the music was eerie and creepy enough. I mean, to me, it showcased how unsettling something like this can be, right? I think part of it is, you know, she doesn't know now which is real and which isn't. But it's all happening to her, so it is her reality, Right? She doesn't know if anybody else is seeing it. I think that it was the way they presented it in that way, I thought was was pretty effective. Well, you know, and kudos to the cast for carrying this because I don't I don't think this is a type of film that if you did not have a strong cast, that it would flow as well as it did. Again, it was a little slow, but I'm, we'll get to all of that. But I still do believe that they could have cut back on the jump scares because the performances were good enough and the eeriness and... The slow smile coming in. Yeah, but all... (laughs) And if any... (laughs) I just want everybody to know that literally Sheila leans into the microphone and goes, a slow smile as she's smiling. (laughs) Just very creepy. But I do believe that the way the music was and the way the unsettling score had gone they could have trimmed back on the jump scares because the performances were such that it held it at that fearful level Mm. so you never knew when to really calm down i didn't need a jump scare to go oh okay here's the jump scare so then i can calm down i wanted to be kept at that eerie creepy level and then have like the jump scares when they really mattered like the 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 car that was right after because the sister being angry i was like oh she's gonna yell at her in the car because she hasn't had enough and then the head snaps down I'm like oh that's good there yeah. were certain ones that were just like oh that's a good one mm. you hated them all i did i just yeah this is why i don't like scary movies but you love me so you go exactly i sat through twilight <laughs> I, <laughs> that's anyway. a horror film in and of itself 
<laughs> uh, anything else that we need to talk about? Listen, y'all. Twilight is a horror film. <laughs> I don't like you right now, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to get through this. So is there anything else in the good or the themes or are we good to move on? To the I think that's enough. We should move on. Okay. So it's a sort of bad for me. It was, it was a real slow burn. Well, it had to, it had to build up. It had to, it had to show you like, you know, all of these different things and how, how trauma comes about. Well, see, that's why I said it's a sort of, because I don't know. Mm. I don't know if that was the intention of showing that slow descent into, you know, quote unquote madness and, mm-hmm. and losing oneself to what they're going through. Um, or if it was poor editing. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's what they were trying to do. Because there were certain things that didn't feel necessary to show the descent. Because, again, the performances were so good. Maybe okay. maybe they should have trimmed a little. I don't say they should have like go with it with a chainsaw and a hack job. I just think it could have been trimmed a little bit to make it feel a little bit faster. And again, I know it's supposed to be like a slow burn into the depths of, of trauma and loss and all that. But I just there are certain things in the beginning that I think maybe could have been picked up. Well, I mean, I'm sure. But that to me, it was part of the story of of Rose and showing how you know, she really didn't deal with her trauma. So for me, it was fine. All right, so then I'm, I might be nitpicky on that one. Okay, I'm going to go back to one of my... Um, they killed the damn cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were not happy. I was angry. Um, you know, forgive me. Don't kill the damn cat. Don't kill the damn dog. Stop it. Just well, stop it. No, stop it. Stop it. I don't want to see it. Okay. It was a plot device yeah. to move it along. <laughs> Trauma for Jackson. Look, you know how you do trauma for Jackson? <coughs> Let someone throw themselves out a window. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Leave yeah. The, the, the cat was innocent, man. Mm. I don't know. No, no. I don't like when animals. No, I can't. I'm sorry. And it's, I can sit through horror films, alien, all of it. But you know what? Even alien, the cat lived. Okay. <laughs> the alien <laughs> left the kitty cat alone. You know what? The alien probably realized that the DNA of humans are the only ones that, that was compatible with it. So Wrong, because later on when the dog get infected with a freaking alien and the dog... Oh, I didn't, I didn't like know it. I didn't well, like it. Didn't I'm, like it then, don't like it now. I'm Granted, also, that alien version was also... Bleh, was I was going to say, I only remember seeing the first two aliens, so there we go. Well, you, great for you. I own them all. Mm, so you can watch I them opened all. my big mouth. Yes. Wet. I sat through Twilight. Okay. <laughs> you I'm know what? I'm never going to let you live that time. Uh, that's why I never brought you to any other Twilight movies. But um, anyway, but anyway um, something that was kind of, I really didn't like seeing what the demon actually looked like. Uh, the CGI didn't fit. There hadn't been a lot of CGI throughout the whole film. It looked so fake. So you're saying that it would have been better if we did not see it because your imagination yes. is worse than anything else that they can put on screen? It reminded me of Jaws. I was more terrified of Jaws until the actual shark was shown. And then I was like, oh, it's an animatronic shark. Yeah, but that's your brain. But that's the point. No, that's how you are. Seeing the, the actual shark, shark in Jaws, I'm like, oh my God. For me, because it can inhabit anything and it can be anyone and it can go anywhere it can take the 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 shape of anything because it's in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like Rose and the Evil say, you can't outrun or get away from your own mind. So the the fact that the last image before 
the shift was her mother, right? And in and, and that scene where the mother is all tall and gangly and mm-hmm. like creeping yeah, that down. That was the, creepy. That was terrifying. And then you peel the skin back and it's this bad CGI alien with like rows of teeth and I'm like, okay, you're not scary anymore. You're fake. Well, I guess that's the that's the difference between your brain and my brain. My brain, I'm like, okay, I can't imagine because I'm not a creative that way. And so showing me that monster was scary for me. It, so, didn't, it didn't look fake to you. Look, I was jumping at all of the jump scares. All right. <laughs> Let's get that straight. I, seeing that monster, I'm like, oh my, no. Oh, see, so you know, like, oh, no. you need a dentist. <laughs> it really, it was shocking for me. Okay. So for someone who loves horror films, they had such an amazing performance from the actor who played the, the contorted mom version. Mm-hmm. And um, Sosie Bacon, I think is her name. Oh, the actress who, who played uh, Rose. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to go that extra step. They could have literally just zoomed in on her face and then zoomed into her mouth as you see like a mist or something going in. They didn't need to give it a shape or a form because the idea was it took the form of everything else. That's what made it scary is okay. that it was everything and it oh. didn't have a corporeal form of its own. And all of a sudden it's like, Ugh. all right. Okay. Sure. Any other bad for you then? We can we can just agree to disagree on no, that one. We're gonna have to because yeah. Um, I I thought the sister and the the husband seemed a bit thin and off, and I mean I felt Jackson was more important and and developed a little more. But um, well, it just showed that you know the sister and the husband were were just all about things, and they maybe that was the point that they were just superficial. Maybe. Okay. Any other bad? I really didn't like the CGI. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, (laughs) um, so with that, I think we are going to go to the cute. And since this is a horror film, there is no cute per se. No. So instead of that, we'll switch gears a little bit and take this time to share a promo from one of our podcasting friends. Hello, this is Lafayette. And I'm Carlos from Nerds Talking the Podcast. That's right. Where we talk about everything from UFOs, yep. comic books, like movies, uh-huh. streaming services, yeah. conspiracy theories, Ooh. ghosts, mm. video games, yeah. and more. Kick-ass. All on Nerds Talking the Podcast. You can find us every Friday with new episodes on all digital platforms where you find your favorite podcast, Nerds Talking the Podcast. Now back to the show. Okay, so now it's time for our Forever Fangirls rating of Smile. Drumroll, please. We rate Smile 3.5 stars. Yay! Yay. Uh, We agree on this rating. We do agree on this rating. Um, Look, I have like notes here. Smile is is creepy. You know, it's a very creepy look into trauma and, and the power that it can and does wield over us. You know, the demon feeds on the pain and in their own words, quote, are invited. And that was the key to me. They're invited into the minds of these characters through their trauma. It's hard. It sometimes feels impossible, but we need to face our past trauma in order to move forward. And I think this film is is one that actually made me stop and think more so than any other horror feature I've seen recently. I was actually very much impressed uh, with the depiction of trauma and with the descent into it and the loneliness and that isolation. But the CGI really 
Mm, the manifestation of the entity itself, plus some odd, silly scenes and extra jump scares that didn't actually feel necessary were enough to knock it back a little bit. And it, it's hard for me because it was such a thought-provoking film mm. that for it to knock me back to, you know, some, from a 4 to, say, a 3.5, it bothers me because I, I, I would have liked it to be a little higher. Well, to me, it's stuck. Like, the marketing is ingenious. Yeah. I mean, I still have that vision of the actor sitting behind home plate and giving that creepy smile looking into the camera right at me. <laughs> Going back to the film, right? Yes, it was thought-provoking about the trauma and that it's not, it doesn't affect just the person, it affects the people around that person. Um, the ending was unexpected for me. You know, taking the demon aside, you know, it shows how not everyone escapes trauma. And I think that was the thing that stayed with me is that, you know, you, in a horror film, you, you have that one person who's always, who's left standing, right? Here, we don't. And she ends up dying. And so I, you know, throughout that last half of the film, I was thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? It's only happening to her. Is she going to escape it? Is she going to kill someone else? Right? Which is going to go against you know, the, the training that she had because she's helping people with mental illness. So I, I thought that was a, an interesting twist because it was different from all the other horror films that I've seen in the past. You know, I'm going to add one thing to a reason why I couldn't give it any higher. Mm. There is a way to process and, and face trauma in order to live your life. Um, therapy, things like that. And the way they've ended this is that, and it, it could be just me seeing it this way, but indirectly I also got the feeling that the way they stated you had to deal with trauma, and again, trauma is the demon that's inside your head and everything, is to either die or kill someone else. There's no way out. Mm. because you, again they both admit it you can't get out of your own head so that is a slippery slope for me mm-hmm. to think that the only way out of dealing with either mental illness or trauma or some other thing like that is to either commit suicide or to murder someone else and that is a problem that is a, is a statement we can't make mm-hmm. um it is extraordinarily thought provoking, but I think they had to, because of how serious the topic was, find a way to change it, to change that end. Even if it was almost fanciful, they needed to give a different message at that point. But anyway, do you have anything to say or add to that? No. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So that's going to, uh, since we don't have anything else to add, that is going to be our show for today, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Was there anything that you know you noticed in Smile that we missed? Uh, let us know by leaving us a voicemail via speakpipe.com forward slash Forever Fangirls Podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, be sure to hit the little subscribe button and don't miss an episode. And if you have a final moment, just leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. A final moment? Just oh. don't smile about it. <laughs> anyway, until next time, stay safe. Be kind and remember, trauma can happen at any time. It's difficult to know when to reach out and ask for help, but you are worth it. Don't hide your pain behind a smile. <laughs>